Hi, I'm Andrew Duffy. And I'm Mike Robbins. And welcome to Prick and Thistle, our Ducati life. Well, episode one, <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Not that much, actually. I admire your confidence. <laughs> okay. Anyways, how was your week? Well, the, well, actually, new bike's arriving. I took that 698 out of ride. Oh, looks fantastic. Yeah, I took it out on trip, but it's just to test it, you understand? Now, this is the new mono. It is. Hypermotard 698 model. Yeah. And um, it was sweet. It was absolutely humble. So you've actually ridden it? Yeah. Yeah, I put some miles on it. Awesome. On trade place. Now, interestingly enough, it was a funny night because I took it home in the van with a view, I'll get my gear on and I'll go out. So I did. Well, first of all, I had it on daytime running lights. Okay. In the dark. Ah, that's an easy mistake to make. It is, but I should know better, so I should use a stop and sort it. Yeah. Well, isn't it just a switch of a button? It is on, on the right-hand side, but all the lights are on the left-hand side. That's down to me. You didn't, the... yeah, didn't learn it before you went out? Exactly. Why would I? Because I'm a man. Because you don't read the instruction manual. Why would you? Exactly. You could do I never knew. Yeah. So, within five minutes, um, I was on daytime on the lights in the dark, which was fun, but the high beam was amazing. Yeah. And the driver on coming to <laughs> the same thing, which was cool. Is that because the front wheel's off the ground? Just great. Um, however, what was even more funny was it got dark really quickly. And then one realised he had a tinted visor on, which was even funnier. Right. Followed up by, it was a wet helmet, so it was sealed. So you couldn't actually lift the visor. So you were well prepared for that. Well, was And then came the hailstones. <laughs> well, it is the west coast of Scotland. It was. The bike was incredible. So what is, is in the in the short mileage... It was inspirational. Brakes are incredible. Um, it's got a lot of poke. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't actually wait to ride it the way it should be written. But initially, my initial assessment was this is going to be fun, but much better if I can see where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> and more importantly, actually, when it's the weather's not as it was, it was really bad. Um, but it was great fun. What sort of roads did you ride it on? Um, the roads out towards Drummond in the country, the West Highland Way type roads, so uh, very good roads. Oh, so you let it off its leash then? Yeah, it wasn't just in the town. No, 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 it wasn't town at all. It was out in the country. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, no street lighting, which made it very difficult. I had a Hypermotard 950, that's the 939cc twin SP4 a year. That was fun. And I'm imagining it's got a lot of similarities yeah. between those two bikes. Um, the reason I mentioned as well on the roads, I mean, I'd. I'm assuming that you didn't get into silly speeds. So how is the wind? The wind. I never get into it. I was on your body. I'm too cautious. Yeah, oh, fine, fine. But new tires anyway. Yeah, like actually, I had a hybrid motor. Only fifteen. It was like that. It was. It's the same fuel. I yeah, yeah, it's similar. And um, plus the mid range. Yeah. What was really good was moving around. It is so light. If you're used to moving anything at all, whether it's a motorcycle or a panic alley or a street fighter, and you move this about. Wow. Yeah. It's like a mountain bike, as Simon said, or Raymond said, moving in insurance, like moving. Yeah. It's so yeah. easy yeah. to manoeuvre, burn manoeuvre. Um, so I look forward to the feedback about we've sold. And even today, we'll put new bikes out and the people in the bought some. Yes. Well, so really? Yeah. Really? Ready. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, well, I know we had a few orders, didn't we, already before um, they arrived. So, they're, but I guess the customer bikes will just start arriving as and when. But yeah. Um, so I look forward to seeing that bike getting written. So that's, we sort of started the podcast with a bike review, which I didn't really anticipate. But, well, neither did I. But there you go. That's just that's what happens in your week. But isn't that really? Yeah. Is. So that's where we are with that. Yeah, what's happening with you? Well, if I get it to a different thing, really. I mean, you know, sometimes it's boring old stuff on the computer. 
Um, and I did get out, though, uh, but I was at the other end of the spectrum, Ducati-wise. I took one of my old bikes out. I took an ST3 Sports Tour at 3 for 2004, just because I just wanted to give her a run. So super comfy. It's like the biggest slipper you could ever put on. Beautiful, creamy mid-range. You know, but I'll be honest with you, no heated grips. Obviously, there's no tech on that bike either, so it's really different. to A real analogue experience compared to all the modern range of Ducati. So no ABS, no engine braking, no wheelie control. Well, why would you want to buy that? Because of me. So you just got to remember what you're on. But I had fresh tyres. I took it up to Dundee, our dealership there, and the boys bannered it up for the season. So they did all the fluids, put new tyres on it, I've checked all the brakes. So it's really good to go. So it felt, you know, for, considering she's an old girl, about 20,000 miles on the clock, but it felt tight. Mm. You just realise the sort of the series or the, 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 the time scale of the bike. You know, you're riding a bike that's, well, 20 years old. Yeah. Anyhow, um, I did enjoy it, but it was cold. And uh, so I didn't go far, if I'm honest. It'll be July soon. Yeah, what you mean is that famous Scottish riding season, isn't it, between, um, you know, May and July? <laughs> Which uh, always, uh, I think, I think always confuses our colleagues uh, at Ducati because they they think it's hey, it's a great all year around, uh, but it isn't for us, is it? It's it's a bit of a narrow window. Very narrow. It was no capped pedals, small. So coming up around the corner for us is the um, Scottish Bike Show, um, which is one of the things you're going to cover. So we'll come back to that a bit later. Mm. Um, you are, well, not mid-prep. You must be nearly the well, mid-prep. Yeah, yeah. so we've um, we committed to doing the show this year. Mm. We didn't manage to do it last year. We The show's lost its way a little bit, I think it's fair to say, and we're trying to do our bit to try and get that levelled up. We need support from other retailers and manufacturers. Some have stayed with it and done a really good job trying to keep it going. And... We didn't have a SDW this year. We've got World Ducati, as we'll discuss later, no doubt, coming up. So we needed something to do at the beginning of the year. And that, for me, made sense to, A, support that. And more importantly, we've opened in D last year. So we need to get that in front of people as well. So the yeah. two stores, yeah. commercially, it was much easier to make that decision. Yeah. And we, so we, know, we normally do a season launch, don't we? So, and that would be, you know, all dealers would do that. It just kicks the season off. But to some extent, the show represents, you know, a big season launch for us. It does. Um, initially, we were looking to do a launch at the beginning of March. That's potentially been slipping back to April. Oh. Purely. And product, getting the product in right, new product coming in, you want to have something to show. We'll have it at the show. So yeah. the, the 698 will be at the show, the RS. Because I think there was, the a, there was a London show, wasn't there? Yes. Ducati took a view not to do that. In, in February. In February, yeah. They were at it last year. Um, this year, and he committed massively to motorcycle in Birmingham, and so they wanted to do the, the main show every year, which again that's in the autumn, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it dovetailed with us doing this one in Scotland. It's a national show, in theory, um, and uh, they've helped us. So we've got our nice unit there, and we'll have a display of bikes, and uh, we've got one or two guests or friends of the business that you like are going to come along. And, and it's Knockhill as well, it's their 50th uh, anniversary, so they've got some guys going to that name, some legends, if you like, but then they'll be having a chat and that. So you should be a good show for folk, and, and there's one or two returning to it as well. Yeah. So that's on the 16th and the 17th. That's the Saturday and Sunday of March, isn't it? It is, yeah. I usually remember it because it coincides with quite a lot of rugby 
superstitions. Rugby. It does. Oh. I remember in shows in the years gone by, you know, there's, on Saturday morning you'd be busy and then it'd suddenly get quiet when everybody disappeared off to Murrayfield or to go home to watch it on the TV. But, um, I mean, just asking around and just talking to people that come in the dealership, I mean, you know, do you think, do you think it'll be well attended? The figures, you used to be quoted around the 15,000 mark for the weekend. Now, whether or not that's still accurate or not, I don't know. What I do know is that a customer this morning told me that he didn't go because he felt it was too busy. Which I, which I knew. Of. That reminds me of car shows when I was a kid. My dad would take me to in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, he would, uh, that's aging me. I probably what? it. Anyway. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but, you know, you couldn't see, you couldn't see the cars, could you? I mean, in the good old days when, you know, you had to queue up and all you wanted was a brochure or a plastic bag. Yeah. And obviously, you don't get those either anymore. No, no, and they're by the No, I mean, I suspect um, it will be a bit busy enough. Um, but it needs support, eh? it needs people to go. And there's been a question around its location for years. If you'll remember, it started in Glasgow, but I remember. Uh, Actually, right, it was a bit before mine. It's on Elf Street, and then it went into Russellburg, and then into Edinburgh. So it's been to Ingleston for years. Yeah, that's how I remember it. Yeah. And it's there again this year. It's there again this year. And it's next to the airport. Um, the only thing that used to puzzle me was you'd pay for your ticket, um, which you'd expect to do, but then, you know, there'd be somebody in a high-vis jacket trying to charge you for parking. Um, yes. Which, unfortunately, yeah. is still the case. And he'll let, he'll let us you're on a motorbike. Yeah, that's free. Yeah, that's free. Then those who turn up in the snow in March on a motorbike, fair play to them. Yeah, they, they do, don't they? If they can get over that field. <laughs> yeah. Then they, yeah, I think the majority will be in cars and there's a good reason for that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I just hope it's a ton of it deserves. We missed to be seen. Yeah, what have we got on the stand? What's, uh, what bikes are we showing? So, Diablo V4, Multistrada GT, Multistrada RS, and Human, which is... Nice. And the new 698, there'll be some nice special bikes there. There'll be a nice, the very original Super number one will be there. It's never been registered straight Crate. And um, we've got a World Ducati from 2022, the race bike, which was Calico Souls bike, which, and um, in fact, we thought number that was the before. Yeah, number 64, we used that at ATW. So he so won that race. He won the V2 division. He did. At Yeah. And then it ends. Purchased it and we took it to SDW Europe and Ruben rode it. That was last year's Scottish Ducati week, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, last July we did that. I did, right. I, knock it. I did. I thoroughly enjoyed that one. I can't say that I chased down. Well, I actually did chase down Ruben, but that time he'd been on that ever water. So that was a bit of fun. And as you know, Fogarty was out on the brother and sister. That was two of them that we purchased. And so that will be there. Um, and um, most of the new bikes for 24 and the last yeah. 23. So... There's a good um, mix of bikes there. Yeah, definitely. And some apparel. Fair enough. Mm. And then what's the size of the stand? I mean, look, when you showed me on the um, plan, it looked quite big. It is. It's a large space, four space there. So it's 18 metres by seven. Just that's always used to be on the entrance. Yes. When you came in, everyone would know it for that. Who'd been at the show in the old days. But then we we didn't go for four years in a while. Oh, yeah, COVID was the last year, 2020, I yeah. remember. Yeah. And then um, you've made the decision to go back. I want to ask you about that again in a minute, mm. about why you've decided to do that, mm. or why we have, I guess. But you've led it. Um, but anyway, uh, so we're not the front this time. We are uh, along the side, and but we've borrowed the equipment or the rig of oh. Ducati UK, is that right? No. What actually happened was 
that the global conference that we all attend is either international one, which is generally in Sardinia, um, and this year they had done a digital version of that, whereby we were based in Silverstone, and then we had the national meeting afterwards. And during that conference, they had shown us the Volkswagen Audi Group ring they right. use for other purposes. Okay. And they said to us, they would make it available to the dealer network on a first-come, first-served basis to... But it's branded Ducati, though, yeah? They brand it from different... They move it around and they change the logos and they change the branding on it. Apparently, apparently that's the case. And so they said they would make it available to dealers from April onwards. I obviously knew the show was in March. Yeah. However, I managed to send a text from the table whilst it was being uh, yeah. publicised yeah. to say we could be doing with that. And to be fair, Ducati, they worked hard and they, and they got us... You know, so um, it's as I said, when it opens out, it's about 17 meters by whatever it is, it's big, and that will be complemented with the, the motor trainer event, which we can talk about as well, if you like. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. And that will be there as well, which is the final of our winter project, the DMG GP. So, we'll be giving away that super sport at the end of that program, yeah, and we'll give all that money to him too. For like that. So, for those that don't know what a moto trainer is, what is a motor trainer? Essentially, it's a simulator. It runs in different formats, but if it, you've got a big bit of kit and a motorcycle of some sort sits on it, and in front of that you've got a very large screen, and you get different tracks on it. As you, depends how you run it, actually, but we run it at Donington, whereby you simulate um, being a GP bike, you're racing against the time against the track, and you're looking for track time. It's quite realistic. I was going to say, it's quite a dramatic experience, because the and bike leans right over. It does. And then, depending on how you use the throttle, which is linked to the system, it pulls you back. It does. There's a motor that lifts you up. You've got a brake, again. which yeah. dives the front. I mean, it's quite a sophisticated bit of kit, isn't it? It's a great bit of kit. It's very, it's hard. It's not easy. Anyone think it's easy to put themselves on. It's hard, physically hard as well. Yeah. And you'll do, you know, you may be on it for three, four, five, six minutes, but that'll be you. Uh, really? Most folk, yeah. If, it, if the racers will go on it, they'll physically, they'll be fine, but they won't necessarily be any better than anybody else. They are competitive, which is always fun. And because, of course, there's no Gs when you're on the bike and you're going round a bend, you're just hanging off on a dead bike, whereas in the real world, you're getting forced into the seat. Yeah. So you have to work your legs. Um, you have to work really hard, which makes it a lot of fun. Yeah. And so it's went down a treat. We've had it around all the stores. Yes, right. We had it in Glasgow. Started in Glasgow, didn't Yeah, we? had it in Glasgow. I actually didn't know we started in Dundee. Oh, I'm sorry. We started with Indy, then we should do the club. I remember all the setup we did there. Yeah. It took ages to set up this quite complicated bit. Of some found it, some found it hard enough. Once you, <laughs> once, I suppose once you've done it a few times, you get to learn these things, yeah. isn't it? But it's like, it's not turnkey in the middle. You have to fettle it. Super says it. Yeah, yeah. So it was in Indy, went to Glasgow, spent uh, a week there playing Thorin, came up and get to go and it's well for the evening. <laughs> oh, did Glenn get on? He, he did, he did well. Actually, was he competitive? Oh, yes, he was competitive. He's getting to it through the showroom, never mind getting on the bike. Um, but no, he was very competitive. He enjoyed it. He, he worked hard at it, and he was very good quickly, actually. Compared to some, he was probably the quickest I saw. I that's okay. See, other riders go on it, and it took them more time. Um, and then uh, the legend, which is uh, Simo, he got on it later. Ian Sass. Simo got on it. So, well, how did they compare? Very different because Simo had his legend sweatshirt on, which was so, who knew who he was. So, it wasn't quite so aerodynamic. Um, well, he's he's old style, isn't he? He's hilarious. He's brilliant. So again, but he knew exactly where he was going. It was on Donington, so he, he didn't have to learn the track. No, neither did he. And and he went round it and enjoyed it. But again, once we got him off, couldn't get, yeah. off, couldn't get him off it. And so 
he did really well. Um, so there was just milliseconds between the two of them. Yeah. And um, some young girl came in and beat them both. So generally, good for the good for her. They'll <laughs> <laughs> be ringing you to have another go, won't they? So we then sent Kristen. They tried their hardest, bless them. And then we sent it down to um, Manchester and Stoke. So the final is at the show. And we're hoping that it'll get a lot of support. We'd love to give Two Wheels for Life some funds from that. And then eventually, um, because it goes, it will go to part way of paying for the bike, but we never end up with clothes. <laughs> and then the group will give away and, and gift the bike to whoever has the fastest time. time. So obviously, yeah. there will be a current fastest time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, someone, somewhere, I guess. But well, it's on our website, dngp.com. Ah, we'll get a line. What's that website? dngp.com. Okay. So you can check it out. You can check it out. See who's sitting in. And if you want to win a bike, come along to the show and have a go. Put a decent lap in and you, know, you might win. You might. Right. So you mentioned Glenn there. So um, we had a pretty good time recently in Bologna, didn't we? We looked some customers to Bologna. We might do a much longer episode on that, you know, in the future. So, yeah. But just quickly, he came along, didn't he? And no, I think no. because um, obviously Ray riding all last year on the Ducati... I was surprised to hear that he actually had never been to the factory. No, we were sitting having a cup of tea. It was actually water. Um, and uh, I'd asked him about the, uh, have you been to the factory? And one thing led to another. He said, I hadn't. And I thought, okay then, well, we're going. Do you want to come with us? Yes, please. So we took him with us. And everyone thought it was a great idea. Uh, and he loved it. He hadn't met the guys. He knew the, some of the guys from course. Yeah, okay. Um, and then previous communication about them, but never actually met them in that regard. And so then we set it up for him to come with us, and obviously Carl was going anyway. So um, there's a lot more to it than that, but the short, short message is... You know, well, I have to say, he's a really nice person to spend time with. Um, yeah. Very generous with his time and his stories and his anecdotes, many of which are highly amusing. Um, but well, it's, well, well, some probably I don't want to get censored. Yeah, well, that'll be another thing. I bet, I bet he'll come on this. Oh, he'll come on and do it. Absolutely. But see, considering he, you know, he's operating at that level in a sport, um, you know, he's a very approachable, down to earth, normal, nice guy. Boom, chat too. I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time with him. Yeah, lovely guy. Yeah, and and, he, and he's going to be in the show. He's going to the show. Yes, he's coming along, um, and um, he was he was happy to do it. He was happy to come along and be part of the group. Now, obviously, publicised now that he's um, doing an ambassador role with Carl. Um, for right. NG. Yep. So you'll be with us for the year. You'll be at some events, and there'll be more to follow. No doubt, we're working. We're working on mm. all sorts. So at the moment, okay, two two be announced. Yeah, at the moment, he is working with us. And when um, I mean, obviously, at this time of our recording, just the beginning of March. Interestingly, there is no announcement about who's riding this year, so we can't really talk about that. But, of course, the season is approaching for BSB, uh, which kind of just leads me on to um, World Superbike, actually, because we've had the first round of Philip Arnold. Well, what was your thoughts? Well, well, and I think it was incredible. I, I would say, and I've said this before, that for me, Philip Island's a bit like the old firm in Glasgow. <laughs> it, 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 you never, ever predict, regardless of form, there's never a prediction that's there. And Philip Island's the same. And on top of that, they had the new tarmac down. So you've got a situation with tyres going on that, you know, they weren't lasting. Well, I wanted to mention that because I was confused. Hmm. I mean, maybe I should have paid more attention before the week race weekend. Hmm. But I sort of just dialed in on the race weekend to discover that they were they resurfaced hmm. the track 
and in testing decided that it wasn't safe for riders to do more than 20 laps mm -hmm. on the tyre. Yeah. Um, well, remind me. So this, Remind me which tyre. So there's an, they use different, as you know, they use different grades of tyres, so subject to where they are. And normally, you now they had the hardest tyre there, which they'd taken, Pirelli had taken. Pirelli. Yeah. They'd taken the hardest tyres there. And and they could only do, I think they switched over the sweet spot with 10 and 11 laps. You could do just four. So that's fine for Super Bowl. Yeah. But, but for the full races. So the safety was they would have to go in and change over. So Which is mad, isn't it? It's had an over like before. Yes. It's like a flag to flag. And so they didn't need a GP. You remember Marquez and Cole had to do the same thing, if I remember. Right. Uh -huh. Okay. But, but either way, in, in that regard, it not only um, made it an interesting race, but of course, the bikes behaved differently as well because they weren't they were getting that much traction and grip. The uh, riding styles were being changed to coat because normally they get a bit of slide, they maybe steer a bit, they couldn't do that. Yeah. So the bikes were. I didn't read, this is one of the interesting things about the World Superbike Series. And I guess it's true for MotoGP as well. When you do these long wall rounds mm -hmm. away from where mm -hmm. European factories are, mm -hmm. in this case, they sent the tyres out in advance in November yeah. 23, I believe. Yeah. Because um, I was so surprised about this that I was kind of, I just Googled it, you know, just mm -hmm. to find out, you know, kind of what the story was. Uh, and the, then they did the testing and then they went, all oh, right, well, you know, we can't send new tyres. So we'll have to just. Yeah. So the races were shorter, weren't they? 20 laps. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's all, you know, that's. That was the not, but not, guys and the bikes, I mean, wow, are we in for a season yet? Incredible. So, I mean, for me, I mean, just to see Nicola Bulliger come out, boof, straight out and wins race one. Mm hmm. I mean, stunning. I mean, I, yeah, and it was amazing. It'll be interesting to see how he goes elsewhere. Again, Phillip Island, less grip, more corner speed because he had the grip. When that bike starts to move, do you think it lent itself more to his experience in the middle weights then? You know, where corners be, yes, does matter because he could because of the grip. Yeah, I think that will change. I'm not saying in a big way, but I think the final always be in the top six, maybe, but I don't think they'll win every other weekend. Yeah. I think he'll be there. And I think it'll be harder for him, but he'll, he'll adapt. He's a fabulous player, so he's going to adapt. I think Batista will come on. Alex Lowe's was incredible. Well, he fell off, didn't he? I mean, I felt really sorry for him doing that. Yeah. Um, that was uh, pretty tough. So, of course, he was playing catch-up. Um, but then, um, you know, if you've followed racing for a few years, what a joy to see uh, Andrea Iannone back. Brilliant. Again, he's a class act. He, you know, I said previously that he's, you know, he came out of his four-year and sabbatical, if you like. And, um, but he was on his game and he's running for the factories. He's done all sorts of MotoGP. From what I understand, he's come over like a nice person now as well. He's changed an awful lot. Yeah. And but he approached it well. And uh, he didn't have to headbutt a seagull this time. Not in this, not in this case. I'm sure he could. Um, but uh, it went very well for him. And he was always going to be one of the top four. Always. And um, Lowe's, brilliant as well. Both Sam and Alex, I mean to say. Yeah. Even Sam doing what he did in his rookie season, if you like, and bike. So he's Alex. I mean, Alex, I suppose, is the kind of one of the few riders. No, that's not true because of about um, Alvaro Bautista as well. But they're riding the same machinery as last year, same team. Obviously, with Jonathan Ray moving, yeah. um, top rack, Roscoe I think one of the two BMW. One of the key for Alex though, of course, is his crew chief. So he's now got crew chief. Okay. So Pedro Bieber's now with Alex. So again, that's that might have been the bit that's missing for him. You know, yeah. Northern Marcel wasn't like that. They were different people. Reba's an ex rider, he understands yeah. it very differently. The other one's an engineer, so perhaps that's the clip that he needed. I don't know. Johnny's now with Andrew Pitt. Okay. And again, an ex rider as well. 
you know, yeah. very good rider, actually, and spent his time with uh, our finalists well, back in the day. So, I think, great to see Alex up. Brilliant for Kawasaki, brilliant for Ducati. They were all amazing. So you've got different riders on different bikes in combinations from last year, but it does look like it'll be some a battle through the year for Ducati, Kawasaki and Yamaha. The question is, you know, which is kind of how the first round played out. But the question is, can BMW yeah. get into the mix this year? I mean, they had a technical issue, didn't they? Yeah. Tom Brack went out with an engine issue. I don't know what that was or whether they've said, but Who knows? but he was pretty competitive, you know, on other occasions that weekend, wasn't he? So I think the shock after the, the weekend with Johnny Day have not really had to. Yeah. But again, I mean, I think, you know, you and I will talk, you know, on, in the future more about kind of, racing and you know it's always that sofa view isn't it but you yes. you've got some contacts in the paddock haven't you particularly in MotoGP that you've built up over mm-hmm. the last years or so mm-hmm. and um, I mean again just switching to that so obviously we haven't seen anything other than testing in MotoGP so far this season but um, I was pretty much struck by pre-season at Qatar I mean Peko's new record lap was unbelievable 150.9 but for me it was the fact that 10 riders went under the old record. Yes. 10. So that's telling you that MotoGP is getting faster and faster and faster. Now that's going to, that's got some issues. And you've said this mm. before, haven't you? Yeah. About how, how they're going to get around some of the tracks and maybe some knock-on implications in the future for racing as a result. Yeah. With the power, the aero, the electronics, all that. They're now getting so quick. And and the superbikes are super fast as well. Well, they're not that far behind. And I think I think you have to think of them together. As much as whatever they do for one, they look at the other one as well. They're both coming on. The aero's definitely not going to be there forever on the right side. So what do you think? They've spent so many, so much time and effort in the last few years developing that. Surely it's here to stay. Yeah, some would argue it makes it boring. I can't. Um, that's a, you know other people's words. I don't think it does, but everyone's got a view on that. And at the end of the day, it's it's a prototype. Whatever it takes to make it go fast for me is the rules. But it's only a stroke of a pen through the regs to take it away, isn't it? Yeah. I suppose. Yeah, I know that they'll be working on them. They, they, well, you they think stand, yeah, they don't stand still, not for a moment. I think that will change at some point. The, the, interestingly, with Ducati, they've got new engines for this year, so Peko's in a twenty-four engine. And I'm looking forward to see what Martin does. He's probably one of the fastest there. Yep, I think. And I think I'm right in saying that, that he's allowed to choose which engine he can use. Twenty three's engine, which he knows, okay, he is a choice. I'm sure. And there's also Dan because he's a satellite, right? Yeah. So, so the, the, he doesn't. He's not forced into twenty four bike. He get off twenty four engine. I'm sure he can choose the engine. So right. he doesn't go on with the twenty four. Peko clearly likes it. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean Martin has to go with it. Yeah. Um. So he might not be as quick with that engine. Yeah. Or he doesn't like it. And of course, you can't mention MotoGP. Um. Uh, Without this year, without immediately thinking about Marquez, wow. um, yeah. I mean, do you think he's revealed in testing where he really is? Yes. Um. Yeah. Yes, I do. I think. I, well, I'm sure he'll do more. But what I'm saying, I think he gave whatever he could give okay. at the testing. At the test, I don't think he held anything back. So whatever he learnt is what all he could learn. But he'll develop. I think it was really hard for him actually. I, he will absolutely go and be in the top you know, three, four, five, constantly, he'll fight. But for, for Marquez to have a good year, in my opinion, means fighting for a podium. Mm. The odd win, but if he can be there or thereabouts in that top four or five, that would be amazing. The only thing being, we have quality of riders now, all on that Ducati machinery that's so proven. 
I do wonder what it's going to be like as they all approach the first corner. In the first race, it could be chaos. And remember, Arcadi's just getting known from an age point of view. He's, well, yeah. You know, he's through, he's through the injuries now coming through that, but you've got the young guns coming the week he was. There's other aliens there. It, yeah. You know, Acosta is en route. He's a quick guy. So you reckon, yeah? I do. So I think Marquez, whilst we all want him to do well, I, it's not going to be like, it's the Marquez show that won't happen. I say that now. We'll refer to this conversation. Oh yeah, it's I, just, I don't think I don't think it'll happen. I think it'll be. I think it'll do really well, and I think you'll win. And he'll, but he'll not win the championship. Yeah, yeah, the year first. Good stuff. So I mean, just reflecting then back on kind of why we're here and why we're doing the mm. podcast. I mean, I think we came up with a few ideas, didn't we, for the future in terms of what we might cover. I mean, I think um, we can talk about what happens kind of a little bit behind the scenes in terms of the dealership. I mean, is that of interest to people? Well, I don't know, but we'll, we'll find out. People will tell us. And sort of, you know, what it's like to represent the brand, um, what goes on in terms of, you know, organising the business in as best way we can. We do a lot of experiential stuff in our business, don't we? We do loads of tours, loads of ride-outs. We tour the UK, we go abroad. Um, I mean, on that vein... This year ahead of us is the biannual event World Ducati Week 2024 this time, of course. And we're going to ride out, aren't we, with uh, 12 of us are going to go all the way from Scotland, all the way down through uh, Germany, probably, through Austria, that side of the Alps, and then into Italy. Beautiful. Experience the weekend in all its glory, and then come all the way back, possibly through Switzerland and France on the way back, but... I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, it should be good. I think it's worth pointing out when you cash on ring by the journey that we've been on as in DNG yeah. and acquiring a business that was classical, then moving the business up to the top of Hillington. Yeah. Then getting that open opening Dundee. But through all that, we wanted to do what we're now doing. Yeah. We planned, we said in a year or two we'll do this will be settled. Yeah. And we will do tours, we will do runouts, we will do barbecues, we will do yeah. European tours, and we have. Yeah. So we, but we will continue to revisit everything we do. But the feedback that we get from the people who have come on it has been unbelievable. They yeah. loved it. Yeah. And in actual fact, you will know when we put our hands up to say, let's do World Ducati Week, we had a view to make up, you know, some people say, can we go, can I get going this time? Let me know. Yeah. Actually, it was full within 24 hours. Yeah. Done. We couldn't even get a chance to phone everybody and say, would you like to go? Because the, most of the previous lot wanted to go again. Yes. And that was obviously with Simmel. He wanted to come along. Again, he raised the Ducati. He's very good to be with. And um, he's a great host. Yes. And Well, last year he led a tour with us, didn't he? Um, which we called the Twin Peaks Tour. Mm -hmm. We rode all the way through France, didn't we? And then into Andorra where we met Ruben Vaz. Yeah. Again, I think there's a maybe another whole episode recounting some of the amusing stories, um, of the run up the mountains, etc., and the restaurants and mm. things we did uh, with him. Uh, but then we went across northern Spain, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. to Los Picos de, de Europa. Yeah, it's to some stunning roads, and they're roads that actually our owners club representative for the East Coast yeah. in Scotland, Johnny Vinson. He knows really, really well. And he's also organising a club ride yes. later this year in September down to those roads in Spain and proper Portugal. I'm going to go to that as well. Just can't resist that opportunity. Um, 
yeah, so, and we'll get Johnny on in a future episode as well. I mean, he's got tons to say. I mean, a mega fan of the brand, owner of Ducatis for years, put loads of effort into organising the club stuff. Mazis, Meridian guy. And, they, and again, the, the, the club thing has been really important as well. We It was restructured, if you like, and, and um, since we've done that, we've got three... 400 members, I think, now yeah. have come on board in the last two years. Yeah. Up here, that GL into 2000, I think it's allows us to enter your membership that had enough history, apparently. Brilliant on toll from DOCGB. And so it's the way Ducati want that, which is great. Um, but the guys have been very supportive. Today, whilst we were actually in here, and there was people putting up new bites, there was 14 members sitting there drinking yeah. coffee, planning their next run out. Yeah, I mean, on the Saturday, you, you always get that. Day and it's drink. fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, credit to them. Um, and again, they support us when we're doing. Um, organised demo days, which I'd have to say to any listeners, that's a great event. If you can do, you know, encourage people to come along to that and book on, we'll do, you know, whether it's 10, 20, 30 runs, yeah. you know, multiple bikes, and, and they'll top and tail, they'll help us do it. And we do that here, we do it at the Green Welly, we do it in Glasgow, um, but that's an important part of what we do. Um, so, yeah, what else can we do? Well, uh, so I think, you know, in terms of what we might cover, um, you know, in future episodes, um, we um, would like to probably like to bring on some guests. We, we do know some interesting people. We talked about Johnny there. I mean, talked about Glenn. Yep. Um, I mean, I suspect that when we're out and about, um, we'll grab snippets of chat with folk we meet. So, for example, you will go out to see the MotoGP race at in Austin, Texas, won't you? At Coleman, I'll be there in April. And it wouldn't surprise me if you bump into quite a few interesting people in the paddock and in the what do they call that area there oh they've got so that you know, the island the cat island so yeah so um we the retail site of that business operates if you like you know, the the and i went to see it last year i'm really interested to see what they've done and it's fantastic so they've got their clubs and they've got an area which is it's a big area i mean and they've got you know they've got food going out which is served to the top management the senior guys that serve food to the, the members they've got Capuchino machines, coffee machines, I've got DJs, I've got all the bike displayed, I've got a new units there, I mean, it's proper. And the guys get to ride on the track over the evening. Um, I watched that happen, it was great fun. Um, uh, Francesco Malici and Jay from Chinook got on some bikes and did the leading, which was great. Jason's the CEO of North America. Yeah, he looks after North America, Canada, Mexico, and lovely guy. So they um, do a great job out there. So it was really good to see that. Um, so hopefully you'll grab some chat with them. Definitely. People like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I know you've got, you know, good contact, um, with the Italian team in Bologna for me. I've always been, I've always enjoyed your, the chances you had to grab people like Paolo Ciabatti. Now I know Paolo's moved over to the off-road side of motorcycle racing for Ducati. That's another whole new thing. We've That's another podcast. We, we've got to learn about it. To be honest, we don't really know. Anything about that yet, but we will, yeah, and we'll learn. We'll find out, we'll find out, yeah, what that that whole new world opens up. But, um, but you know, these individuals will be out and about and around, um, Rand's life coater still. Yeah. And yeah. you'll, yeah, the good news is you, you, you know them, so yeah. you'll be able to grab a bit and bring those, um, conversation hopefully back into the podcast. But that'll be good. And then I think there's some longer form stuff, you know, we talked about it since then. I'm a good friend of the business and a lovely guy. And frankly, you know, I think people quickly forget just what riders like he achieved back in the day. An extraordinary roster of young, special. Memory serves, um, 
between the Northwest and the TT, I think it's 16 podiums in total, five Northwest, three TTs. And I think he's the only person to win Super Sport and the Superbike slash Super Cup from the same year. Amazing. He was fascinating. And hand into the bargain, a nice fella. He is cool. So we'll, you know, we'll bring guests in. Um, you know, I think, you know, we might do things like um, spotlights on the workshop, for example. And um, that's always behind closed doors for most people. Well, those that ask, they're always available to come and have a look. We sent two techs over to Bologna for factory training recently, didn't we? But they're fresh. They loved it. So, you know, it'd be good to get them on and just get them to talk. Uh, so either Hal or Alex or, or both, one in Dundee, one in Glasgow to um, just tell us about what they experienced, what they liked, what they enjoyed, what they did. Well, the interesting thing now was because the Italians have opened up Italy again because it shut for such a long time yeah. after COVID. We, we were still doing a lot of training, some of them in Silverstone and yes. some online, but now we can get the factory going again, which makes a big difference. Um, in the past, you, it was two, three techs in Scotland. We've got seven techs now across two stores. Yeah. So we're able now to have a sensible time through the year well, naturally, you all know from historics, it was extremely difficult to manage that. Yeah, and very seasonal. You can understand the frustration that we all had. Not quite fireworks, but you have some compressed into it. Exactly. So we've got we've got we're a lot of sure. better control with that now. And we've got, you know, seven tanks there up across two stores, and we can manage that. So people's key expectations are generally met. More importantly, we can get a bike to loan, get them on the loan. And then, you know, there's other stuff things like the Unica program um, we have the uh, opportunity to commission one of those very special one-off limited edition well not even limited they're one-offs aren't they and yeah. one-offs one-of-one yeah. one bikes which um, is a really interesting experience to go through and um, and then the end result is very nice and so that's quite some story I think tell me in a later episode maybe I think there's a lot of episodes around that. You know, specifically down to one to one, which is very, very limited. As in one, what, yeah. what can I say? It's, uh, and then you've got this one or two things, the pipeline that we know, which could be very special. Yeah, she's again. It's about well, I don't know how far away that is. It maybe a month, maybe three months in terms of communication. Yeah, and you get the five hundred versions of which there could be. There was a factory option. There was a V four. So there was the Bulliger V twos this year. Some of the stuff they've done have been incredible in terms of race replicas. Yes. Then we've had the Lamborghinis. That yeah. Last year we had the Street Fighter V4 Lamborghini, which is unbelievable. And now, of course, we've got Bentleys. Wow. Yeah. Um, and the Milliners. So every one of them has been a success. We've been busy trying to match um, the orders with the bikes. DUK have worked in pretty hard to help us do that. A lot yeah. of the rest yeah. of the work. And, but... Uh, I'm kind of tired with that because it's hard work. It's hard work <laughs> trying to, trying to, the expectations are so high and you don't know what you're going to, you don't know how you're going to get it. You know, people, I'll have one, I'll have one. And then, well, yeah, it's a bit, I'm reading it with Annie. Being overly controversial. I mean, I think sometimes the Ducati uh, themselves will, you know, come up with uh, an idea. They'll launch something and they've not, they've not at the time of launch decided exactly how all the administration's going to work and then as well. So we, we sometimes have a bit of fun with that, really, don't we? Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a slight understatement. Yeah, yeah. Make yourself, don't discuss it on here. <laughs> oh, I think we just did. Okay, then. Well, yeah. we'll have a fun around that. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, credit, the, the, 
they have some great ideas. There's one, there's another one as well, that American one as well, the Supreme one. Ah, I don't know if you've seen that online. Yeah, I wasn't sure what to make of that, honestly, when I saw it. I thought somebody put a sticker kit on a bike. Oops. Yeah, well. Did I just say that? Yeah, well, you did. And But then I contacted the, the contact in Los Angeles and they right away said, wow, big, you know, I mean. Well, when you say the contact in Los Angeles, <laughs> you, you've not really represented Mr. Yuri Thatcher <laughs> yeah, in yeah. quite the way. Now, he is a very special West Coast connection, isn't he? Yes, he is. So, Tom Ducatis, a dear friend yeah. uh, who we met in Italy at the first Campione in Piazza event to celebrate the first double of Pecco and, and Alvaro doing the MotoGP and World Superbike double. That's right. A, a quite extraordinary experience that we were incredibly lucky to go to. Um, again, we'll more on that maybe. That's in, that's in but sitting at the same table to us was um, a guy whom uh, we didn't know and we assumed wouldn't be an English speaker and therefore we wouldn't get to know him. But we idled over after the main event and had a quick chat with him. And sure enough, he could speak English, well, a version of it. And. Um, and he became a very special friend. And, of course, he has came over as well to ride the Twin Peaks tour with us. He's coming back again to ride the uh, World of Caddy Week. We saw him again last Christmas at the second event that we were incredibly lucky to be able to attend. So, yeah, I mean, a bit more detail on all this uh, stuff, you know, in future episodes. Because, again, as usual, there's quite a few amusing stories um about our time in bologna yeah uh we'll need to tell you about the three t's we'll save that one for another hashtag three t's or perhaps you could get the guy who first told us about it on as a guest well i think we'll write that down actually but and get him to tell the story he could tell the story oh yeah. that's it getting written then so okay so the three t's in bologna so <clears throat> yeah there's a lot to a lot to add in to so that's a cancer around um a whole bunch of stuff that you know is on our plate just now stuff we've done stuff we're planning ideas we've got for the future so there we go that's what you're in for if you come back for more um that's what you're gonna get really i think but for now it's eyes on the show do come along do support it um i think it's going to be worth it actually i'm looking forward to it um there's some of the guests we've got and that we'll be on the stand doing the... Well, you've got this boy band thing. Going. Yeah, well, yeah, I thought because, you know, we've got over and above, and obviously Ruben's there, Carl's there, Glenn's there. We've got our Scottish colleagues and friends there, Brian Morrison, who obviously came to the Twin Peaks with us last year, so Brian and Terry Poppin in the season. Another the legend. Another legend as well. Oh, the Lamar's legend. Yeah, he is. On, in Enjoy it. Mr. Morrison, so he'll come and see us uh, on Saturday. Um, Simmel will come and see us as well. And there's one or two others that I know that will let it pop in. I may add to those gentlemen, uh, mention that we're the only ones with the cappuccino machine, from what I understand, which will be down a treat. I have to say, well, well, well see if some buying it and to say saving or free. Yeah, I've never known a race uh, turn a free thing down. Uh, it doesn't happen. Absolutely does not happen under any circumstances. And that's an entirely different episode. Yeah. Okay, so with that, we'll sign off for now. And um, hopefully we'll see you at the show. And when we've done it, we'll be back for another episode. Amongst other things, we'll be talking about what happened at the show. So we'll uh, see you then. Goodbye. Bye-bye. See you next time. <laughs>